you know, I think that if 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 your dream is to be a musician, you know, there's nothing better than getting into a room with a bunch of like-minded cats, be them male or female, and put a group together. And then take that group, play around town. Hopefully you get good enough at it and you hone your your skills where you can get out on the road. Get out on the road and and experience life. You know, it comes in so many different ways. That you, one, you're out there by yourself. You're you're fending for yourself. You're making your way. You know, but you're also able to see. I've seen so many beautiful places that a lot of people have never ever seen, and I've experienced some extraordinarily beautiful people that are lifelong friends of mine now that I would have never come in contact with if I wouldn't have been touring. And, you know, that is, that's an insatiable part of life that you, if you have the chance to experience it, you by all means you should, because then it, that experience in turn makes your music better, you know, because songwriting is a songwriting is, it comes from your soul, from your experiences in life, you know, so the more experiences you have, the more ideas for songs that you have in your memory bank. And it just makes it makes life so much sweeter. Plus, we see how fragile the earth is. We see how fragile things are right now. You know, once we come out of this, you know, that hopefully we'll be smarter and, and stronger because of it. So once that happens, get out there and see the world. DA Music. This is John Gar speaking. John Gar is an incredibly versatile musician. He does everything from blues rock and folk to country and Americana. Not only is he traversed through genres with ease, but he's able to bring his own unique style along with him. For John, his musical journey began during childhood in the beautiful state of Louisiana. You know, I think my earliest memory of music was in elementary school. Um, I remember I was second or third grade and I was in a, the first play I was in, you, you had some lines and then you sang. And I remember distinctly that feeling, uh, with the rest of my classmates in this play and the connection of the stage and the audience, you know, that was my first tangible that I can really remember. You know, then later, you know, uh, other things happened, but that was my first distinct. John was not the only musician in his family. He grew up surrounded by musical talent, and he thinks that is one of the reasons he pursued a musical career. You know, I really think that going into music was, uh, it was only natural because my older brother uh, was a, working professional musician and we always had music in our home always you know my mother played piano and sang and i think it was just predetermined um there was something in the dna um i think that that we were collectively because all my brothers played you know so it's something that was given to us 
uh, naturally through the bloodline. Uh, plus, my brother was on, you know, I remember watching him on a television show when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. And I don't know, you just kind of felt it was just predetermined in our bloodline, I believe. You know, and later on, you know, music really became a love. It's hard to explain it. It's almost like a relationship that you have with another human being. Every musician is obviously influenced by the music they listened to growing up. And Louisiana is a state rich with musical history. When we asked John what his creative influences were, this is what he had to say. Um, I believe, you know, early on when I uh, when I first experienced my first ba my band experience, as far as uh, being able to relate to watching somebody else play. See, I grew up in rural Louisiana. I grew up in cotton country and my nearest neighbor was a quarter of a mile away. But my nearest neighbor was probably three years older than me. And he had a um, they had their own band and they were playing Almond Brothers. I'll never forget that. I could hear them playing one way out. It was just echoing from far distance. And I remember getting on my bicycle and, and flying down to Dan's house. And. That's where I learned of the Alma Brothers. And this was the 70s, so it was Alma Brothers. ZZ Top was an eno another enormous uh, influence because they were such a regional act from where I was at. You know, in, in, I was in South Central Louisiana, so they would play, you know, that was their part of their touring area, especially New Orleans. They played the warehouse. That's where they recorded Fandango. So they were another enormous uh Influence, as well as all, especially at that time, a lot of the Southern rock bands, you know, and I remember Jerry Jeff Walker was another huge influence on me from a folkish kind of real songwriting aspect. And then, then later on, you know, a lot of rhythm and blues and that kind of stuff started uh, filtering in Mother's Finest bands that are kind of obscure now, but were, were very prevalent in the area that I grew up in. Being a musician comes with plenty of risk and reward. John has built a strong following, has been praised by music critics, and even received an independent music award in 2019 for his world premiere video, Roll Like That. But for John, the most rewarding part about his career is? You know, I think for any musician, uh, it, at least for me and, and, and most of the cats that I've uh, come up with playing and playing with it's the most rewarding thing is 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 the performance you know if you think about especially if you during if you've done any touring and touring is part of it too i, I love to tour you know at least I, I did years ago i mean i haven't done it in a couple of years to the extent that i was doing i mean i, I, I you know there was many many years where i was out 300 and 300 plus days a year you know, so that performance, you spend all your time traveling, unloading, loading, playing, and then loading it back up and then driving, you know. So the most rewarding thing is when you're having that experience on stage, the human contact part, you know, is the most rewarding because you can't, those are more tangible moments, you know, that you can feel the connection that you're having with the audience that you're playing to, you know. There's something innate in our 
human condition that makes that extremely sweet. Not everything about working in the music industry is rewarding. The most challenging aspect of John's career is? Well, the most challenging aspect of being a musician is how frustrating it can be if you're trying to, you know, if you have dreams and ideals of grandeur, you know, you're going to be, there's a lot of letdowns on the way, you know, but if you're into music for music's sake, then you're willing to put up with all that for years and years. You know, it's always like two steps up and 10 steps backwards sometimes, it seems. Um, you know, the pitfalls of, of being a professional musician is getting caught up in the lifestyle. You know, I, I'm one of thousands. You know, it finally, you know, you, you get sucked into the enjoyment of the moment and the uh, self-medicating aspect of it. You know, and I, I've, it, it took me a while, but I got a grip on that. Like I've told a lot of people, I've, I've gotten pretty loaded in many places on this earth, you know. But when I was able to um, get a grip on it and I got clean and sober, I've been clean and sober for 14 years. So the, that was a challenge. And it's a, it's a challenge to not self-medicate where you become uh, that mediocrity is what's what you're striving for because that's all you're going to get if you're if you're doing nothing but drinking and drugging because then it goes from the after party to the stage you know and I found out when I was getting clean and sober um, just how dirty those performances were you know and a lot of musicians will tell you that you know. So coming out of that aspect of, of not taking care of myself and traveling an immense amount, not having much contact with family, you know, that's a challenge. Um, but if you can come through, if you can get successfully to the other side, there's another reward that you get for the challenges. So I think that's, that's uh, the biggest aspect of it. John has toured all over the world playing music at venues of all shapes and sizes. He says that his favorite memory from being on tour is... I was playing with uh, an artist named Rockin' Sydney. Matter of fact, he got a Grammy for a song called Don't Mess With My Tutu. And I'd been, I was, I'd been playing with Sydney before he was a Grammy winner. And we were invited to play the... Uh, Summit in Houston, Texas, which is a huge venue for the, it was the first, uh, what is now turned into the International Festival in Houston. This particular show was called the uh, first annual Houston Blues, International Blues Fest. And just all these unbelievable uh, horn bands from Chicago and, and all over the country. It was about 10,000 people. And that was my first really enormous gig. And it was one of those shows where you, you had, it was, a, uh, it was in the, it was 1982, I think. And it, the union was still, it was everything, as it still is in a lot of places, the union controls the stage. 
where the roadie comes up and puts the guitar on you. You know, it was that was a strange uh, thing to be a part of. But anyway, we played this show and we had a good show. And it's, I look to my left and the lights come down and they come up with the flashlights to bring you off the stage. And there's standing Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. And he grabs me and says, come hang out with me. And I remember hanging out with him uh, because Clifton Chenier was also, well, Clifton was headlining that show. And we went back and we we were talking to Clifton Chenier and uh, several other artists. And then the next day he invited me to this place called the Orange Show in Houston. And uh, Dusty Hill's brother had a little blues combo and they got up and played. And he wanted me to play except all our equipment was in a trailer and all my amp and stuff was in the front of the trailer and they were in, and we were not willing to unload everything just to go play for 10 minutes but it was it was a, an extraordinary moment i've always been a zz top and a billy gibbons fan and so meeting him and that was about the same time the guelo was still out and it was just an amazing moment amazing moment John has played alongside many famous musicians throughout his career. But if he could play with one artist, dead or alive, it would be? I tell you what, I, I really wish that I could have had the opportunity to jam with Tom Petty. You know, Tom Petty grew up in the uh, in the Florida panhandle, which is like just an extension of where I grew up. You know, because those guys used to play New Orleans and all, all up and down the uh, Alabama coastline and, and uh, you know, the Tallahassee area and Gainesville, which is some of the most gorgeous uh, geographical parts of this country. And the people are just beautiful there. I played a bunch of stuff around Gainesville and Tallahassee. And, and, and you know, Tom was just such an amazing songwriter. You know, and at this stage of my life, um, songwriting is, it's such an art form that is hard. It's hard work, you know. It's hard to be able to write a song that somebody gets in three or four minutes. And either they, their interpretation is something that they take away very positive or they get the exact interpretation of what you're trying to say to them, you know. So as a songwriter, man, it's just so it's it's amazing to have people digging you as as a musician because they're connecting with your songs, you know. And that's why I would love to have jammed with Tom Petty because he was all about the song, you know. He wrote for the song. He didn't write, you know. There, you, if you, you listen to Tom Petty and Heartbreakers, it's not. Uh, these monster musicians that are doing all this, they're not Jeff Beck, but they don't have to be because they write songs that are just gorgeously beautiful and they make you feel good. So if I could, that would, that would have been my pick. Making it in the music industry is not easy to do. You have to be willing to put everything on the line if you want to be successful. We asked John what advice he would give to someone pursuing a career in the music industry, and this is what he had to say. You know, it, you first off, if you if you think if you have that thing in you that tells you that there's a thing that takes over your mind, your heart, and your soul about music, 
even when you before you've learned to play an instrument, it's, there's a drive in you. If you obtain that and you have it, you know, then and and the truth of the matter is, it's you know, if you listen, if you were to sit and and survey a bunch of musicians, they would all tell you the same. Everybody gets that same feeling that drives them toward the bullseye, and it's not. 90%, 98% of the time, it's not money or fame. It's that innate ability to be connected with a song, to be connected with your instrument. You know, if you have that, then you should go for it, you know, with every fiber of your body, you can feel it. John is an outstanding songwriter, musician, and human being. We are delighted to have him in our library and we look forward to hearing whatever he does next. The only thing holding you back is yourself. You know, if you've got the drive, the dream, then get out there and do it. Nothing holding you back. This has been our Damn Good Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. All music played in this episode are songs by the artists themselves. You can check out their music on our artist page at damusiclibrary.com. DA Music is clearance-free, and we are always here for your project and production needs. Check us out at damusiclibrary.com. 